Well, welcome to The Journey. Uh, my name is Kevin Polkey, and I am the host of The Journey. And as we, uh, as some of you who have been following The Journey for the last three years know, um, I attempt to have uh, individuals who can come onto the show and talk about their stories of, of either transformation or obstacles that they've encountered in their life and how they overcame those um, or worked through those obstacles. And then most importantly, what they learn about those obstacles in the midst of uh, their transformation process. And uh, today we have um, we have a, a special guest today. He is uh, someone who is working with our young adult population, and he has kind of a unique story about how he is um, combining what he has his own passion for, but then also what he's seeing as as effective um, for uh, making a difference with with our youth. So, uh, Elliot Gannett, Gannett, right? You got it. Yeah. Okay. So Elliot Gannett, welcome. Uh, welcome to the journey. And so, uh, so let me, I know we just met, met recently and of course, it was, as, as it is in Rockford, um, it, we were just, just happened to be at the grocery store and, yeah. and you had, had came up to me and we started a conversation. And then, uh, your partner, Nick, um, who's also, uh, works with you, uh, I met with you guys a couple of weeks ago. And so, so Elliot, maybe just share a little bit about yourself and let's start with maybe when you have an opportunity to have fun, what do you, what do you do to have fun? What I do to have fun. Uh, I like to be outdoors and specifically outdoors with my family. Uh, I have two, two young boys. I got a two-year-old and a three-month-old at home and a very supportive wife. Okay. So, uh, yeah, my free time, every second I, I get is, is with, with them. Gotcha. What, what is, what's your wife's name? My wife's name is Samantha. Samantha. Uh, Samantha, we've been together coming up on five years now. Okay. And uh, yeah, my free time, we, we're outside riding bikes, kicking soccer balls, uh, playing with blocks, uh, you know, little kid stuff. Uh, that, that's, that's my free time. Sure. And what's your, what are your boys' names? My oldest son is Walter. Uh, and my younger son is Harvey. Okay. And they get along, they get along wonderfully. Uh, Walter is always excited to wake up and try to play with his three-month-old brother. Uh, they're yeah, they're a lot of fun. Nice, very nice. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit on the other end of that spectrum. I have a, a 26 year old and a 22 year old, and um, and it's a or 20 yeah, 26 and 23 year old, and uh, so I'm a little bit a little bit farther on that on that spectrum. So, uh, so, uh, so, so, Elliot, what kind of tell us a little bit about your background? Are you from the Rockford area or? Where, where I'm you not from? actually. Okay. I'm from the suburbs of Chicago. I'm from Naperville. Uh, I grew up there, went to high school there. I went there, grew up there, high school there. Um, went to college at Illinois State to be a teacher. Uh, I studied to be a teacher of the visually impaired, and that's what I, that's what I do now for the Rockford Public Schools. I'm a teacher of the visually impaired. Uh, this is actually my tenth year teaching. Uh, which is wild. Um, so yeah, so I've been doing that. Um, I teach yeah kids with special needs, um, and uh, just recently in the past couple of years started started my organization Rockford Barbell to kind of blend some of the things that I've been seeing in the schools with kids and yeah my just personal interest in in movement and lifting weights and uh, strength sports. 
Okay. Well, yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about that before we get into Rockford Barbell. Tell us a little bit about well, how did your interest in in uh, exercise and in weightlifting specifically, um, yeah, tell us how that all began and, and when did that begin and when did it become more than just preparation for the sports that you were involved with? Yeah, yeah. It was for the longest time preparation for sports. Yeah, as a, as a youth athlete and a college athlete for a short time, um, that's that's what it always started with, um, and I stayed with it. Just with had a habit of it uh, as an adult, um, and and have been doing it. Yeah, ever ever since it's something that has been part of my life. Each day, I get I get up, I I move, I go to work. Uh, the people people not question it, but they're I guess interested by it and how I'm able to do it. Let's say at like five a.m. before uh, before work day, and it's funny as an adult now. The days I don't get up and move uh, before going to work, I'm just a little bit slower, not quite as much natural energy. Um, so yeah, it's interesting how it's, how it's helped me personally, um, outside of, well, outside of sport, because, you know, I'm, I'm 32 years old. I was never, never going to play major league baseball or any professional sport, uh, but still like to move, still like to try to get a little bit stronger. Um, yeah, it's always part of, part of my life, part of my day routine. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, when I first started weightlifting, I was 11 and it was to get ready for football. And, you know, then obviously that led into other sports that I was introduced to at the middle school level, like wrestling and track. And, and, um, and it was always, as you, as you talk about preparation for those sports. And then when I got into bodybuilding, it took on a whole life of its own beyond that. But I, I, I always trained, later in the morning or afternoon because the mindset of thinking that I would wouldn't be as strong um first thing in the morning and uh <laughs> and then and when my and when my son was born um I well maybe even a little bit before that but for sure when he was born when when Diane and I got together and then then a year or so later when when Caleb was born all my workouts have been in the morning. So 5am is when I'm working out too. And, and because my, my whole thing was, is I didn't want my workouts to interfere with my life anymore because it had always been first and everything else came second. And I knew that if I wanted to, I wanted to make this relationship be different than other relationships, I was going to have to change some things around. And uh, so, so far 30 years, it's been, it's been working out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's been working. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. You know, uh, I, I've always done it early in the morning for, I used to coach, I guess that that was after school times, but uh, yeah, definitely, you know, people, when, as I started to have my wife and I started to have kids, um, people always say, you know, enjoy every second of it. So I do try to like truly keep that to heart. You know, I, I get my workouts done when, when they're asleep or when they should be sleeping. <laughs> and, uh, so other times, uh, I can, I can spend it with them. Um, it is, it is something I always get in. So it's definitely a high priority, but, uh, yeah, the kids, the kids and wife are, are up there as well. Nice. Well, before we jump into uh, what what Rafford Barbell is about and what what you're attempting to do with that, uh, tell us a little bit about working with visual impaired. How did how did that how did that come about? And what is because I don't know if if a lot of individuals really know um, 
you know what what that what that entails and and how do you help uh, someone who's visually impaired in the school system? I was uh, I was in college to before I went to college I was always thinking I was going to study something like history be a history teacher. Um, my my mom thankfully enough uh, talked me into talked me into studying special education um, and. There's only a certain amount of programs across the country that specifically teach um, or uh, help, yeah, have teachers become teachers of the visually impaired. Um, and I went to one, Illinois State. So I just kind of started taking classes. I, I liked how, how different it was, how specific it was to that population. Um, and now as an educator, I love how there's a specific and very different obstacle for, for these kids. Um, you know, being able to see is something that we, a lot of us just take for granted. We, we get up, we're able to just glance around the room. Oh, that's where our, that's where our glasses are. Oh, that's where I left my, my, my water, whatever. And we can, and we can go about our day and, and do things, um, without really thinking about a lot of things. And, for the students I work with, unfortunately, that's just not the case. There's there's something in the way. So I love the the challenge of helping these kids get around that obstacle and show them that they can do just about anything that all these their their peers can can do. Um, so I love that challenge of okay, this is what their peers are doing, and my student has a trouble seeing X Y Z or in whatever way. But I'm I'm gonna make sure that they can do it, be held accountable the same way, have the same sort of success, um, and you know be able to do what they can do. You know, Elliot, I'm a school social worker as well as clinical social worker, and I think you just did one of the best jobs of describing what special ed services is and what we're attempting to do with special ed services, um, because I think there's such a misunderstanding or a lack of understanding about what educators in special ed do and i think it's what you just said giving the student the opportunity to have the same educational experience as the regular ed student would and that goes from accountability to uh, uh access to serve you know access to uh the teacher or or the 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 resources that are providing. So, so thank you for explaining that. And probably, you know, better than any of my professors did when I was at, uh, at the, cause I did my undergraduate at Illinois state and then I did my uh, graduate work at U of I. And uh, so, it, so thank you for explaining that. So, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So uh, jumping into Rockford Barbell. So, so tell us what is Rockford Barbell? What was it originally thought of? How did it, how did it come about? And, and what are you guys doing now? So Rockford Barbo, we are a nonprofit organization. Our, our mission is to improve the social and emotional well-being of kids. And right now, or what we are at now is we do this through mindful movement and trauma-informed practices. Um, we, we started this about three years ago now, and it's grown really, really organically. Um, it started off a place for some of us, uh, me and some close personal friends needed a place to, to do our own personal fitness. And as we started this, myself and, and my partner now, Nick, who was also in, in social services, um, 
we have for a while seen this need of additional services for, for social emotional well-being outside of the classroom, outside of what the school systems can provide. Um, so, so yeah, with those two things combined, we started this organization um, learning, learning as we went each day uh, with, with board meetings and, and budgets and writing grants. Um, but, but slowly, but surely the kids have come out and this is the kids have shown it. The parents have shown that they appreciate and they want this type of service where they're addressing social, emotional well-being with a very unique, um, with a very unique program and a really unique way in an engaging way. Um, we've seen kids in schools, they're always somewhat reluctant to, you know, oh, teacher says, oh, you know, go see the social worker. We need the social worker. Or, you know, their parents saying, you know, oh, you know, this is kind of not going great. Like we, we're going to probably have to go try to get some therapy. Um, <laughs> and our program provides um, that sort of mindset or this sort of mindset of getting social emotional help in a, in a way that kids are engaged with. Mm-hmm. And you and and when you use the word, I mean, for educators and and in behavioral health um, work, we use the word engagement. And so, for our for our listener, when when you say engagement, what do you mean by engagement? What do you, what 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 would be an example of uh, of like a, a student comes to you? Let's say a fourteen year old student comes to you, and how would you differentiate between one who is engaged and one who is not engaged? Well. Yeah, that's a great question um, because our kids come through the doors in different ways. Some kids actively, yes, I want to do some sort of weightlifting. Sometimes it's the parent who signs the kid up. Um, but when we see the kid actively like ask questions about like, oh, how do I do this? Or or get excited and be able to take feedback when we say, hey, let's try to move like this, or let's think about this as we as we do as we move. Um, when they start asking those questions, that shows us engagement. Our part of our program to develop these social skills, kids are always working together either with one with a partner or with someone else. And when we see them actively, you know, go up to another kid and say, hey, can you help me with this? Or how do I do this? Or even having a kids get up and give uh, feedback to one of their peers. Um, someone that, you know, according to parent or as the kid tells us struggles to do something like that in school, that shows us that, yeah, this is something that they are actively engaged with. They want to be a part of uh, and want to get better at. And, and, Perfect. And I, and again, I think that idea of being able to kind of, kind of spell that out for people to, to see what you guys are looking for when someone is coming in and engaging and then encouraging that, supporting that when someone's not doing that, how to go over and coach them and, and encourage them to, to move toward that goal of engagement and what that would look like. And I think that's a a great example. What, What do you think? is unique about movement specifically the types of movements that you guys are teaching i know you obviously the weightlifting and the group group weightlifting classes that you guys are doing i think you had also told me you guys do um, a stretching yoga class as well and so what do you think it is about what is what is you what's what is it about those types of movements that allow someone who may 
in traditional talk therapy or in the traditional classroom or school, maybe they're, maybe they're falling between the cracks. Maybe they're not engaging in those other, other situations. What do you think, what do you think it is about movement, weightlifting, yoga, that type of movement that, that allows that to kind of be a vehicle for them to see themselves in a different light? Yeah, there's a number of things, and it's and it's, there's it's all the reasons that we we're so passionate about our program. Um, one thing that comes to mind, I mean, we talk about strength at Rockford Barbell, the idea of being strong as being able to withstand resistance. Um, this so this doesn't mean a specific amount of weight; it just means something's pushing back on us, and we are able to withstand that. Um, and being able to move helps kids learn that in a very just progressive, safe way um, that that other things just don't quite don't quite do that as as well. Um, so being able to move helps kids have that build their tolerance for for resistance really, really well. Um, it, you know, there's the, there's the foundational things of like empowerment, you know, they're standing there literally with a weight over their head. You know, we, we talk movement wise, being able to be in control of your movement, control of your body. Um, so they're standing over, you know, standing on a platform with weight over their head, they are fully in control and they can, and they can feel that, um, they can feel that control. Um, so movement, uh, movement helps kind of develop those things for, for our kids. Gotcha. You know, this is um, when this when this episode will will air, it'll be during Suicide Awareness Month. Actually, it'll be kicking off Suicide Awareness Month and Suicide Awareness Week. And um, and when I started Shatter Our Silence six years ago, six plus years ago, um, a lot of the initial conversations were around um, about raising the awareness about the risk factors. And, and there's a, you know, there's a lot of different risk factors and especially with trauma informed, we talk about ACEs and adverse childhood experiences and that aspect of it. And then a couple years, a couple years later, five years ago, specifically, um, I started off, started shifting with part two, and that was really about how to increase protective factors and and how to develop protective factors and increase those protective factors because we it's impossible to eliminate all the risk factors because there's just it's like playing whack-a-mole right i mean yeah. there's there's yeah. no way to and, you know it's kind of like the pandemic right it's there's no way to make the virus go away um and and, and so but if we can increase our protective factors and one of those is resilience um so so, so your your students come to you, and now they potentially have some increased protective factors. Not only their partner, and not only Rockford Barbell as a, a space, but now they have other adults in their life who are actually showing they care about them because they're teaching them something, right? And and let alone the other things. And then that idea about resilience. You know, how do you develop resilience? Well, it's by facing resistance you know that's you can't you can't develop resilience without doing hard things right um right. and it's and you had and you can't you can't develop resilience by avoiding hard things or trying to get over hard things it's it's you have to actually put 
you actually have to put resistance <laughs> on the bar. I actually right. put resistance into your hands. So, so what, if, if you could think of some examples that maybe pop in your mind, not without using any names, of course, but of, of students that you've seen the beginning of that transformation process, or maybe even more than that, uh, regarding when it comes to that confidence, that resilience that comes with, with the movement that you guys have been providing. Yeah, there's, there's, there's countless, um, you know, we get plenty of kids that, that have, that are not afraid to challenge it and they're not afraid to, yeah, you know, put, like you're saying, put weight on the bar to, to be able to feel resistance, but no, there are a number of kids who, who it's really a, it's a back and forth and it's, it's not, it's part of our program built in that we are, we, us adults, when I say we, we're there to show them support that it's okay to, it's okay to fail. Um, and it's okay to, to not be comfortable with something right away. Um, and, and it's going to take time and helping students or kids understand that mindset, um, is, is, it's fun. I mean, it's enjoyable. It truly is just that process to do that process with a kid and to see them from, from day one of, uh, you know, we use our weights are colored, you know, to help our kids, little things like that in our program to see them put on the, the smallest weight, you know, the first day and be kind of hesitant to, to week three to week four, or, you know, if they're with us through our subsequent sessions, weeks, months later, um, to see them just walk up, put on a heavier, you know, heavier weight on the bar and, and be comfortable with it, um, shows us, shows us this, yeah, that they're okay. And they're, more able to, you know, to tolerate some, some difficult things like you're saying. Um, and I think when the biggest things for us are like one of the things that stand out for our kids, um, when it comes to being resilient it shows when they're working with their, with their peers, when they're able to, when they see one of their peers have that same sort of hesitancy and, they can help them by giving them feedback, but also helping them like think through like, what did that feel like? You know, what would, what would have felt like if it was more difficult? Um, so when they help each other, that really shows us that they've made growth um, in their resilience skills. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. I think, you know, as you're talking, I go back to the times when I was working as a strength conditioning coach, either at, you know, the other different school districts I work with and seeing that, um, see, seeing that level of awareness and body control and confidence, um, I, I think is, is exactly what you said. Pretty, pretty amazing. And then, and then it's one of those things that it, 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 it isn't after one workout or two workouts, it's the consistency of coming in and then it physically shows right? I mean, it, it, they walk differently. Um, they they carry themselves differently. They physically look different. It, it, you know, some of it's filling out, some of it's losing weight, whatever it may be. But um, that in itself is, is even for the one most, uh, you know, how, how some individuals learn to kind of uh, minimize their results. It, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to deny it when it's physically there. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
one one of my favorite stories from from our program is is the the times we get let's say like a 15 15 6 year old 16 year old boy high school boy that comes into our program and these are ones that maybe played sport before you know confident about moving and and you know have possibly lifted weights before but the type of movements we do, they're, they're full body movements and they're ones that they probably haven't seen before. So, so then we've had some like middle school or younger girl who has been a part of, part of our program, who's comfortable with these movements and they're able to show, demonstrate, model and teach these movements to these you know high school boys, two, three, four years older than them. And it's just such a cool dynamic that neither one of them, an experience that neither one of them have probably had. Um, and it just, it, it, it empowers the girls tremendously. And, and it helps the boys kind of be more open to, to learning and getting feedback and growing ultimately. Sure. Absolutely. So, so two, two, uh, two questions I have left. Um, so if you could, because a lot of times people, parents, uh, people who are interested in knowing more about Rockford Barbell, they're going to they're gonna want to know how, how does it carry outside of the gym? Like in what ways have you, have you heard stories? Because you may not see them when they're outside the gym. You may just hear stories when they come back or parents coming back or, or, or you know, other people. What, what kind of feedback have you gotten for students who have participated in the program, who are part of the program? How is that carried outside of the gym? Yeah, we've had a lot of good feedback um, from, from our parents outside of the gym. Um, one specifically comes to mind is with, with a girl who's, who had, when, when she would have some, some behavior problems at home and just what she would literally do in those moments started to shift from, from what I guess from a not very appropriate thing for someone to do to being, to choosing to move and to move her body in those uh, in those moments to help her, to help her cope, to help her calm down to a state where she, you know, she's more rational and, and able to, and able to grow um, so that was definitely the most powerful story that we, I've had from a, from a parent. Um, and then otherwise, I mean, one of our skills that we were constantly helping our kids with is communication skills and, and being able to carry those, being, being able to do that in our space, in our program to benefit, but then to, yeah, to carry those outside of, of our gym to, to family members, to classmates, to teachers, because communication is just, you know, so important as we all know in our relationships, um, and that's, you know, when we kids that are struggling, we often find, you know, they're searching for some sort of connection and connecting to other people is, is such a big part of helping them, you know, improve their, their well-being. Um, so being able to improve their communication skills to, to ask for help when they need it um, from, from a friend, from a parent to meet their needs, to say, this is, this is really bothering me. This is really not working for me at home. Um, can we, what can we do about this? Sure. Absolutely. Um, maybe as we're, as we're getting ready to kind of wrap up, why don't you tell us some specifics about Rockford Barbell? What, are, what are the age requirements? What are, um, how does someone get signed up? You know, uh, what's the cost of it? All those types of things. Yeah. So, so people can, families can register their kids at rockfordbarbell.com. Um, we offer, yeah, we offer a weightlifting program and a yoga program. Um, our programs run in six week sessions. So our weightlifting program runs three days a week for six weeks. It runs Monday, Wednesday, Thursdays. 
And then every Tuesday is our yoga program. Um, if our, we do have a capacity limit for, for the program, so parents can get on there. And if they're not able to register their child, they can join our waiting list and, and get updated when, when there are spots open. Um, and uh, our program, most of all, it's important to know our program is completely free. Um, it's a free program for kids. As we started Rock for Barbell, it's foundational that we did not want finances to be a barrier for, for our program and for kids and families to, to get help. Perfect. All right. Well, I appreciate, you know, what you guys are doing for the community, you know, because there's a lot of times we we talk about we talk about what we think is wrong with with somebody, something, a certain demographic or whatever. And and what what you and Nick are doing, you are providing a um, a, a solution to to how to help remedy that this particular problem and and for me you know as a clinical social worker and 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 an advocate for suicide prevention um this is definitely one of those tools for all the reasons we talked about um of 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 being able to develop uh and continue to grow those protective factors which is the key to counterbalance the risk factors so uh I am Elliot. I'm I'm grateful that you guys uh, are are doing this. That you you had the passion to do this and and stuck with all the growing pains that I imagine must have must have, must have occurred over the last three years. And so uh, so um, so the best place for people to get a hold of you would be through RockfordBarbell.com. Yeah. Uh, any 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 other uh, ways of getting hold of you? Um, you were, I suppose we're on Instagram at Rockford Barbell. Um, but yeah, rockfordbarbell.com, um, rockfordbarbell at gmail.com. Our phone numbers all over our website. So email us, give us a call. Um, we are located at the test site facility, uh, test site complex in, in downtown Rockford. It's a big black building. It says test site on it, which uh, I'm sure many of us have driven past. Um, so we're in that facility. If, if needed, you know, knock on, knock on our door and come on by. Um, yeah, definitely to get a hold of us. Perfect. Well, Elliot, thank you so much for what you guys are doing. And, um, and I'll look forward to meeting with Nick soon and, uh, and continue doing some uh, partner partnering with, um, with Rockford Barbell. So very good, Kevin. thank you. For any of you out there that um, have someone that you know um, that may benefit from uh, Rockford Barbell, um, being able to connect with Elliot regarding um, what he does, not only in the school district, but what he is doing um, to help be a solution um, to our students that may be at risk um, within our community, um, definitely reach out to rockfordbarbell.com. Again, thank you very much uh, for being with us, and I look forward to being with you next week.